0: Supercuts, the smarter, easier way to get a haircut. It's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. It is so great to be back here on the First Draft Podcast, the first one of the 2021 and 2022 pre-draft process. I am Field Yates, and the two men that I am joined by today, are iconic, they are the faces of ESPN's NFL draft coverage, and of course, no one is more well known within the draft world than the godfather of the NFL draft himself, Mel Kuiper Jr. Mel, how are you doing, my friend? That's a first field, and Todd, we've never been called iconic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moronic, I called you a lot iconic, worse, right?
0: Moronic, iconic. I prefer iconic, and of course, the man who is. Not just males partner in crime, but one of the smartest football minds here at ESPN, whether it's covering the draft, whether it's covering college football, whether it's covering the goings-on of all things Richmond football, is, of course, Todd McShay. Todd, what's going on?
2: Glad to be back. It's been a while, guys. dating yeah. back to, to early May when we wrapped up the 2021 draft, and here we are. So
1: I'm, I'm fired I up I like that helmet season. over your right shoulder there, Todd. That's yeah, crazy. you see that? I wish everybody, wish everybody could see it. Well, yeah, I wish they could see what's, what's going on there.
0: Yeah, Todd's got the University of Richmond, the Spiders helmet going, Mel is in parts unknown somewhere at the Kuiper compound, but it's always great to talk with the two of you and what we're going to be discussing today are some of the players that we'll see in the college football playoff, of course that field has been set as we all know it goes Alabama and then Michigan and then Georgia and then Cincinnati, four teams loaded with future NFL talent. And then we're going to talk about really general questions. We are, if my count is correct, just about five and a half months away from the 2022 NFL draft. So there's so much time to get into all the storylines, but we want to sort of zoom out take a big picture look at the 2022 NFL draft, which should be yet another fun event to follow. But let's get right into the college football playoff semifinals. And we want to talk about some of the players that we're going to see at least once, potentially twice over the next month, starting in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, which includes, of course, Alabama, a very familiar face in the college football playoff, and a newcomer, Cincinnati, the first group of five team to ever make the college football playoff. Mel, I'll start with you. A couple of players in this game that we must know that are draft eligible in 2022. Where do you start? Well,
1: well, the great matchup, and now with John Mechie III, obviously injured, it was a shame that happened uh, for Alabama in that offense, but Jamison Williams has been phenomenal. You talk about taking a top off a defense. Well, it happens once in a while, right? Happens every game with Jamison Williams, and now you have Sauce Gardner, Gardner, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback Cincinnati, tall, lanky uh, corner, press corner, uh, had a heck of a career uh, up against Jamison Williams. So you get that great personnel matchup there with great corner against great receiver for Alabama. That's certainly going to be one for the books there. And then my Jay Sanders, defensive end, hasn't had the sack production this year, but he has been disruptive. Obviously, Evan Neal was a guard, then right tackle, then left tackle for Alabama. So great players on both sides of the ball for both these teams. But I think that Jamison williams Mod Gardner matchup is going to be one for the books. Yeah, how about this, Kuiper? Are you ready? hmm All season long, Sauce Gardner, the cornerback for
2: Cincinnati that you mentioned, we both have him in the first round. He's a 6'3", 200-pound corner, press man corner. And he plays press man coverage about 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. So you know you got him on an island. But all season long, he never gave up more than 20 receiving yards in a game. Mm-hmm. Jamison Williams, the wide receiver, we can't wait to see this <laughs> matchup, the Alabama receiver, he averages more per catch than Sauce has given up in a single game all season long. He mm-hmm. averages 21.3 yards per catch, 15 touchdowns on the season, two kick returns for touchdowns on the season. He's only had nine kick returns, but he's averaging, I, I want to say, 34 plus yards per kick return, might be 37 yards, and somewhere over 30 yards per kick return. Um, and you expect to see him in these big games. Maybe he gets a shot or two in the return game. And he's a hell of a gunner too on special teams. So this guy who transferred transferred in from Ohio State, I remember watching early in the season saying, "Who the hell is is, uh, is number one?" Mm-hmm. You know, he, I'm watching for John Mechie. We got offensive tackle and Evan Neal. who could be a top five pick, uh, mm-hmm. and some of the other guys on the offense. And this transfer from Ohio State is just exploding off the line, creating after the catch, getting vertical. And I, I actually moved him up at the, after the SEC championship game to the number one wide receiver. And we can get into the receiver ranks this year. There's a bunch of guys in that first-round range. Uh, but William, Williams has had an unbelievable year. And just d- diving a little deeper into this matchup, and clearly Alabama has more, more talent than, than Cincinnati and they're more depth, in my opinion, Alabama has got has 14 players right now, Mel, that mm-hmm. I have draftable grades on. I've done about 330 players so far in this class, Wow! and they've got 14 guys. It's close to the most of any team in the country. Eight of those 14 are in the top 100, <laughs> and two guys in the first round, you mentioned Evan Neal and Jamison Williams with, with those first-round grades. Now, Cincinnati, people think Cincinnati is a group of five teams. They, maybe they don't have the talent. I don't think mm-hmm. they have the depth. But in terms of draft-eligible prospects, it's not that huge of a drop-off. They still have nine guys with draftable grades, four guys in my top uh, 100 with, with Sauce Gardner we talked about, the quarterback Desmond Ritter, myj Sanders, the, the edge rusher, and then their other cornerback, uh, Kobe Bryant. And don't forget about Alec Pierce, the wide receiver, 6'3", 215 pounds with some vertical speed as well. He could be in that top 100 range too. But, um, but this is an, an intriguing matchup. You've got David versus
1: Goliath. But in terms of draft prospects, it's not a massive gap like you might think. Yeah, Alec Pierce, I think, guys, is the one. You're right, Todd. Alec Pierce, the receiver, 6'3". i think he made some great contested catches this year. He's been the go-to guy for Desmond Ritter. And I think when you look at Josh Job, the corner for Alabama, has had some struggles in coverage. He gets a little handsy, mm-hmm. allows some receptions, hasn't had that Marlon Humphrey kind of year, that great year that, that a lot of people expected from Josh Job. So we'll see if Alec Pierce and Josh Job go up against each other and how that will all work out. Hey, Desmond Ritter, Todd, and Field, I made a prediction. We do a, we did a question thing, question and answer thing for tomorrow. I think Desmond Ritter could end up being – I have Kenny Pickett right now, one, Desmond Ritter, two. But Desmond Ritter throws a heck of a ball. I know he does airmail some. He's off target with some. Even airmail a little swing pass to a running back a couple of weeks ago in a game. But Desmond Ritter's talent throwing the football, his athleticism, his mobility, his intangibles, Todd. I would – if there was a, a wager you could make in Vegas on who could be QB1 and isn't necessarily right now in terms of the odds, I would bet on Desmond Ritter. Yeah, you, know, you and about- I disagree on Ritter. That, interesting. Uh, that's interesting.
2: because, I, I, Listen, I think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the class, but I, I think it's cl- – clearly to me, I should say, clearly right now, the top three guys, in my opinion, would be uh, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Matt Corral from Ole Miss, and Malik Willis from Liberty. Then I think it's a little bit of a drop-off with Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell, who you know has kind of been up and down, but I think he has a lot of the intangibles, the toughness. He certainly has the arm and, the, and some of the mobility that you look for. So that's going to be interesting to see. Specifically in this game, though, I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a huge game for Ritter for a couple of reasons. First of all, the run game has really driven the bus for Cincinnati this year. Luke mm-hmm. Fickle a defensive coach. They want to run the football. Uh, the last time out, Jerome Ford against Houston had 18 carries for 187 yards and two touchdowns. He'll be lucky, in my opinion, to get 87 yards, not 187, mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. this stout deep run defense of Alabama. I mean, They're big and physical. They're disciplined up front. They're mm-hmm. fourth in the FBS, giving up just 83 rush yards per game. And so I, I think this game is going to come down to Ritter and, and how they are able to throw the football. You've got Alec Pierce. But then there's a big drop-off at the wide receiver spot, in my opinion, for Cincinnati. And the Bearcats have some pretty good tight ends. But I don't think you're, there's a lot of guys on the, in the perimeter that are going to mm-hmm. strike a lot of fear in the, the secondary of Alabama. But Alabama has not been nearly as good defending the pass as it has been mm-hmm. against the run. So can Ritter come out in this game if the run game isn't working and have one of the best games of his career? I think that's what, what it's really going to take for Cincinnati to pull off this upset.
0: We'll Mm -hmm. get to this more in a little bit, but it does feel like Mm -hmm. the early theme of the 2022 NFL draft is which quarterback, if any, is the best amongst this group, or is this going to be one of those years where if you pulled all 32 teams, Five guys each secure somewhere between four and seven votes in total. And next thing you know, draft night is as compelling as ever. Let's go to the other college football playoff semifinal, which is the Capital One Orange Bowl, the number two Michigan Wolverines, and the number three Georgia Bulldogs. And Todd, you'll get the first dibs here on this one. Plenty of talent, again, on both sides. I believe – I don't want to – you know what? I'll let you describe it more accurately. But I know you have all sorts of draftable grades. On just that Georgia defense alone –
2: Yeah, in 22 years of covering the draft field, I've never, and I'll be interested to see what Mel says, I've never had a single unit, whether it's offense or defense, with 11 players that have draftable grades. Now, only 10 of those will be participating in this game, but Georgia, Georgia right now, in my opinion, has 11 guys on the defense that could wind up getting drafted. Maybe, you know, maybe one or two of them will be priority free agents, but you're talking about Nicobe Dean at linebacker, Jordan Davis at defensive tackle, uh, Tr- Trayvon Walker at defensive end, all could be first-round picks. Darion Kendrick at cornerback. Um, and uh, A few of their safeties have a chance to come off the board. So this, this group is loaded on the defensive side. And I gave you the numbers for the other matchup, for Alabama-Cincinnati. at uh, Georgia, in this matchup, I have 18 players with draftable grades that's unbelievable. That's the most of any school in the country and probably more than I've given to a single team in, in any given year. Nine of those are, are in the top 100 overall. I mentioned all the defensive guys, but you got to include uh, Justin Schaefer and, and, um, and, and Jamari Salyer, the, the offensive guards. Uh, Lou, uh, and then, you know, it kind of goes down. You've got Kyrus Jackson, some other offensive players. Those are really Uh, George Pickens is the only other guy in the top 100s and two guards and a wide receiver. Uh, But they are loaded on on both sides of the ball with draftable prospects. Michigan, on the other hand, not nearly as as deep in terms of draft eligible prospects. They have a lot more talent in the freshman, sophomore ranks, but they still have seven guys with draftable grades, three in the top 100 and two guys. Their edge rushers, Aiden Hutchinson, Mm -hmm. who I moved up, Mel, to number one overall on my draft board, a spot ahead of of, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. And then David Ojabu, who's had that emergence as a speed rusher on the other edge. Uh, Those guys are special. So seven draftable, three in the top 100, two in the first round. But they're not nearly as, as gifted in terms of draft eligible prospects as that Georgia team.
1: Yeah, to piggyback off of what Todd was saying, Field, I I was asked and we were both asked to have bold predictions for this draft about a week ago. And I, had, I said, I'll give you one offense, one defense, always do the one and one A's. But um, I thought that Desmond Ritter could be the first quarterback taken. We obviously will disagree on that side, but that was just a bold prediction because obviously everybody's not on the same page on Ritter. And I also thought Aiden Hutchinson would be the number one pick in the draft. And then he goes out and, of course, he dominates again. He makes plays. He's been that way all year, very disruptive. He kind of reminds you of Nick and Joey Bosa a little bit, the way he goes about his business. And I did. I have him ahead of, of Kayvon Thibodeau. i him one, two right now on the board. Um, inspirational guy coming off the injury his father yeah you saw my
2: rankings come out on Monday Kiper I know how you work hell yeah <laughs>
1: hey, I <laughs> I always a day later I made yeah. my bold prediction on that a week ago but that's okay so only, only always <laughs> Beavers knows that uh, our Oklahoma Sooner buddy here but um, in terms of, of the draft nine of my top 13 on the big board I'm looking at the big board are defense four mm. of the top five are defense so it's one of those years where you know overall top 25 yeah it's uh, right now it's pretty offense 14 defense 11 but the majority of those defensive players are in that highly rated group so that's going to be the elite of the elite in this draft outside of evan neal the tackle from alabama who todd mentioned and the two receivers jamison williams alabama drake london usc charles cross the tackle from mississippi state tyler linderbaum center from iowa and then you get down to garrett wilson wide receiver ohio state majority of those top 15 are going to be defensive players
0: Let's face it. Life is busy. Between work and family and more work, our to-do lists have a way of getting longer instead of shorter. Luckily, Supercuts is here to make at least the haircut part of life easy. Supercuts is perfect for people who need a haircut, but don't have a ton of time for a haircut. No more scouring the web for salons with availability. You can use the Supercuts app to find locations nearest to you and check in or just walk in. Another bonus, the salon shows estimated wait times, so you know exactly what you're in for. That way, you're only in so long when you need to be. Don't expect to stay a while. As for the cut itself, it's always a super solid haircut. That thanks to Supercuts' highly trained stylists. Get in, get out, and get to that thing you need a haircut for. Whether you've got a big presentation coming up, or a wedding, or you just need some upkeep, Supercuts makes getting a haircut effortless. It's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. Check in now on the Supercuts app or on supercuts.com. It's crazy how this could be, at least in terms of big picture themes, sort of the antithesis of the 2021 NFL draft, where not only was it five quarterbacks that were considered very highly rated, but also the fact that we didn't have a single defensive player taken in the first seven picks, J.C. Horn going eighth overall to the Panthers, the first defensive pick off the board, maybe a little bit of the inverse. So let's take a step back and let's almost do like a draft primer, so to speak. And Mel, I'll start with you because sure. every year of the draft – Almost every year, I should say, the draft is determined by one fundamental question. Is there a quarterback worthy of being drafted number one overall because no player has the ability to influence a franchise more than a young quarterback can? Is there one this year? Absolutely not.
1: And, uh, and I could say a thousand percent no. And, and how high will you move Kenny Pickett from Pitt up? How high will you move Desmond Ritter Cincinnati? Todd already said he doesn't even have Ritter as one of his top quarterbacks. Um, Matt Corral. Okay. Ole Miss. Uh, you know, you think about a kid like Malik Willis-Liberty who struggled down the stretch. He really had some struggles. Three INTs against Louisiana Monroe. Middle Tennessee State saw what happened late in the year when the competition even got a little bit better. So a rough game against Ole Miss. Uh, now it's, that's not his fault. You can't go just on, on just a quarterback when your team's out, man. They couldn't block them. You can't beat them if you can't block them in football. But the quarterbacks, to answer your question, feel nobody is in that top tens at a category right now. In fact, When I look at my big board, I see Kenny Pickett at 19, Desmond Ritter at 20, Matt Creel at 22, Malik Willis at 28. So you're talking about no quarterback uh, in the top group. In fact, four in the first round, but no quarterback anywhere near the top 15, top 10. So, uh, Todd, I'd like to hear what you say. Kenny Pickett, I compare him to Derek Carr. Derek Carr went second round, early second Hmm. round. I think mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter, yeah, you see a little Josh <laughs> Allen there. So, uh, And Josh was, was criticized a lot going into the dress. Still went in the top 10. But uh, I don't see any way, unless there's the reach of all reaches, a quarterback <laughs> heading into the top 10, let alone number one overall. Yeah, it's interesting because I, just looking at my grades
2: on this year's class versus last year's class and talking to a couple, probably three or four different people over the last month or so in the league who are evaluating these quarterbacks already, I would say the same thing as the people I talked to in the league, and that's that we're, you, we, you would be jumping off at number six in terms of quarterbacks if you were trying to stack this year's guys mm. versus last year's guys. Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, Mac Jones, you know, and then it would be the first guy from this year's class that would be the sixth quarterback taken, in my opinion. So, uh, to me, Kenny Pickett has had the best year. Matt Corral, uh, probably the most consistent career, or at least the last couple of years, in that, uh, in that offense and that system he, and the leadership and toughness that he brings, the quick release and the ability to create and throw off platform really like what he brings to the table. Um, but you know, with all of these guys, you can pick some holes in them. Uh, Malik Willis from Liberty is a dynamic athlete and he makes some really impressive throws. I mean, some highlight real type throws when he's rolling out to his right or left down the field, just just slamming the ball in in tight windows and, and, and making throws. that You think, all right, that's in the NFL. That's what you're looking for. But then his accuracy is inconsistent, kind of up and down. He, he's not a polished passer coming into the league, so you're going to have to work with him and develop him a little bit like a Lamar Jackson and have your whole organization on board with what you want to do in terms of getting him involved in the run game. So this year's quarterback class is not great, but the good news is there are a handful of names. I mean, you, you get down to Sam Howell – uh, Desmond Ritter, you know, in that in that late first, early second round range. And, and now there are five guys that could come off the board and strong from uh, from Nevada is another guy who strong, I yeah. think is getting really overlooked that we'll get into dive deeper into as we you know get more of these first po- uh, first draft podcasts. But there is depth in this class. There's just not anyone that you look at and say, I, I feel really comfortable drafting him in the top 10.
1: You forgot about zip it zapping, too. Uh, yeah, you know, I like Zappy too. It, yeah, like Flick and Flacco. We got Zip and oh, Zap. Here we so, go. I'm gonna, gonna have to go listen to that okay. for
2: the next three months. Yeah.
0: Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Kuiper might already have that copyrighted somewhere. We'll have to check with Kim to confirm that. So I'll go back right back to you, Todd, and then Mel to follow mm-hmm. up on this let's for right now, and this is a very this is a December seventh declaration. assume that a quarterback is unlikely to go number one overall, regardless of the team that is picking first. There are three teams right now that have the quote unquote inside track to that number one pick, The Lions at one ten and one, and then the Texans and Jaguars, both at two and ten, they play each other one more time. Houston won the first matchup between those two teams. I think you could make the case clearly that uh, only one of them has set a quarterback long-term and that being Jacksonville. So Todd, if you had the first overall pick and you were any of those franchises, is there a player that you say, this is the guy that has separated themselves. I know you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson as your number one prospect right now. Is it as simple as whoever gets the number one overall pick should be targeting Aiden Hutchinson?
2: Yeah, I think if it's not Aiden Hutchinson, it's, it's, uh, it's came on from from Oregon and so it's the same position so you, you're, you're looking at a strong possibility of the first two picks being defensive ends coming off the board in this class mm. and all three of these teams I mean Detroit obviously long term is looking for a quarterback you're not using that number one overall pick on the quarterback position mm. and I don't know that you're going to have a big market to move down to a spot where you feel comfortable I mean who's going to get trade away what it takes to get down even at like seven eight nine in this year's draft to go up and, uh, and and get a guy Aiden Hutchinson or, or Thibodeau that you love, but I'm, I'm having to give away multiple first round picks to go get a defensive end. I, I just don't see that happening. So it could very easily be defense for the top three picks if it's those teams. I mean, Detroit could use an edge. Houston could use an edge. Jacksonville could use an edge. So it, it could be Hutchinson and, and Thibodeau, and then maybe a Derek Stingley, for a cornerback from LSU, or – Kyle Hamilton the safety from Notre Dame as that you know one of the three picks to come off the board but I think there's a strong chance that it's defense in the top three and if it's not I would say the most likely offensive player to come off the board in the top three picks would be Evan
1: Neal from Alabama
0: yeah, is there anybody else that needs to be introduced into that sort of number one overall conversation Mel right now
1: I think number two overall field and Todd, Evan Neal because Jacksonville protecting Trevor Lawrence, at left tackle Mm -hmm. spot, Cam Robinson pending free agent. You think about where they could be in terms of Evan Neal at Jacksonville, that would push Thibodeau down to Houston at three. Now this order is going to change a little bit uh, between now and the end of the season. But if you have Aiden Aiden Hutchinson going to the Lions, and I would agree, Definitely, uh, that would be the pick there. And then uh, Evan Neal, maybe to Jacksonville Thibodeau, and then Kyle Hamilton, the Jets. Then you got the Jets, Giants, Jets, Giants right now. Those first Crazy. four to seven. It'll be interesting there. Derek Stimley, Jason, Jameson Williams, whatever we'll his name called in there, Jets being a, a go-to guy for uh, Zach Wilson. And, of course, the pass rusher, we talked about David Ojabo from Michigan, the other great pass rusher, a kid who has had a phenomenal year and burst onto the national scene. But I think when you look at the uh, number one pick overall right now, If it is the Detroit Lions or really, say, Houston, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, now for Detroit, local product, does it mean anything? No, it doesn't matter where you play, where you're from. uh, The Michigan Wolverine, I think, is going to be the number one pick overall.
0: It's such an interesting year. Not that these players aren't super talented and potentially game changers or franchise-altering players, but it is sort of a testament to the idea that, like, Jacksonville last year, it's the number one overall pick. How different does that look compared to this year? If you had the number well, one overall, well, let me say this, Field.
1: Pick. Let me just say this: If the Detroit Lions had Bryce Young in this draft, yeah.
0: then you could. Yes. Mark, we
1: wouldn't be talking Aiden Hutchinson. We would say, mark it down right now with a pen with some right. exclamation points. The bright we did, did the radio show, Darian Mel Show this weekend, guys. Listen to this, Field Todd. We're talking about Bryce Young. This is after the Alabama game on Sunday. I thought he reminded me a little of Russell Wilson. Okay. Somebody brought up with the pitch down the field, Patrick Mahomes. Somebody else brought up, I think Dan Orlowski said, Aaron Rodgers. Here's a kid, first-year starter, sophomore, drawing comparisons to Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes. I think we know (laughs) why he's being discussed as the guaranteed number one pick in the 2023 draft. problem for the Detroit Lions is this is 2022 draft, not 2023, and they don't have Bryce Young. If Bryce Young were in this draft right now, he would be guaranteed – Number one overall, Todd, you agree or disagree with that? I completely agree. I don't think it's close. I, you know, it's only one year to go off of, and, and
2: thankfully for Bryce Young, he'll have another season to continue to develop and get more game experience. But you're looking at a situation where he's going to have probably upwards of 28 games as a starter, somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. And, and he's, just, he's already shown that he has he, – mentally he processes so quickly. He studies like an NFL quarterback in terms of his commitment to it and, and what he's looking for. He can run. He's mobile. He just, he's going to beat you with his mind and his arm before he's, he you know, is forced into a situation where he has to beat you with his legs. And that's what you look for in an NFL quarterback. It's great to have the mobility, and we're seeing more mobility at that position. But you really want a guy who can extend plays and create and can throw on the run when the initial play breaks down more so than a quarterback that can just be that elusive elite runner. And that's, that's what he's shown this year. So I would absolutely pen him in this year, number one. And going into next year, I can already tell you, in my way too early mock draft, you can pen him in at number one, whatever team is picking at that
0: spot. All right, well, the good news is we still have five more months till the 2022 <laughs> NFL draft, and I do want to ask you, Mel, about a team that on paper has the chance to really influence this first round. That's the yep. Philadelphia Eagles, who definitely own their own first-round pick. They definitely own the Miami Dolphins' first-round pick, and they yep. almost assuredly own the Indianapolis Colts' first-round pick. The conditions of that are Carson Wentz, they're has to play 75% of Indianapolis' snaps this year, Or 70% of Indianapolis snaps, and they have to make the postseason. They are very much in the playoff picture in the AFC, and Wentz and the Colts are playing pretty good football right now. So let's just assume they have three first-round picks. How much can they influence the first round of this draft, and what are their biggest needs as you look at the potential transition year ahead for them into 2022?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting with them because you think about where they are at linebacker, where they are at quarterback, where they are in terms of the back end. You know, Devontae Smith, they got themselves the go-to receiver. I'd say, hey, can you throw the ball to him a little more? I mean, he's, he's like, oh, we'll run it open at the end of the game, and you throw anybody but it. It's like, really? you got to scream to your coach, give me the ball, and in the next play they don't see him wide open. It's, I, I, it's just mind-blowing. But uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, 12, 13, and 17, the thing there is, debating within that organization internally is Jalen Hurts the right man for the job because where they're picking at 12, 13, and 17, going back to what we said earlier in this podcast, that's right where you would feel pretty good about taking a Kenny Pickett or a, I'll say Desmond Ritter, Todd will disagree on that, but let's go to Malik Willis or go to Matt Corral. Those quarterbacks all figure in that same general area, whoever you like better you take. And I think for Philadelphia, one of those three picks for me, I like Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't think he seems to feel well enough right now, sometimes decision-making. Uh, there's some talent there, obviously. Great kid. Uh, is he your franchise quarterback? Very debatable. Um, you have to debate are uh, one of these guys going to be better than Jalen Hurts with, with Hurts getting more experience. Will these guys be better? If, if Kenny Pickett is Derek Carr, you're taking Kenny Pickett. And I, I think Kenny Pickett, we're going to get into the hand size. We're getting to into the weeds on that. hand size of Pickett. What is it? Uh, It doesn't matter to a lot of guys who are at nine. Joe Burrow was at nine. We know what Tony Romo's was, Michael Vicks, Ryan Tannehill, and the others. But Pickett wearing the gloves, we'll get into all that. But he reminds me a lot of Derek Carr. Then you get Ritter. I mentioned Josh Allen because of the precise passing and all that, but a lot of talent. Matt Corral, tough as heck, had a great career at Ole Miss. And then the, the Willis. So we got the quarterbacks for the Eagles. They have to really, and I think Todd and Field, figure out which one of those quarterbacks they like the best. Take one of those guys. Let him compete. If Hurst turns out to be the guy, great. You're in a win-win. I think you got to take a quarterback with one of those free picks if you're the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: It's going to be really interesting this offseason as well, and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there could be some quarterbacks available via trade this offseason. As we know, Aaron Rodgers, his frustration, Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. sort of asked for a trade last year without actually asking for a trade, and then we know the Deshaun Watson situation (laughs) will eventually – who has the draft
1: capital field right now? That's you right. say Philadelphia if you Sean Watson, it would be, you think about Philadelphia, you always talk about Carolina, Miami, who yeah. yeah. was doing some good things. Miami's winning games. Carolina's still because of the Darnold injury. Before that, and I thought it's been unfair to Sam, some of the criticism he took, but bottom line, is probably going to move on. They yeah. seem to be wanting uh, that quarterback like Sean Watson. We'll see how that shakes down. But for the Eagles, I could see a Kenny Pickett uh, ending up in an Eagle uniform. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, I do see a, a Derek Carr. I, and I like Kenny, he had a ankle injury last year. He, he's going to have fit. I believe Todd, if I'm not mistaken, 50 career starts, uh, at the end of his career uh, right. this season, uh, and he's back healthy. He's on I mean, a Mark Whipple. There was the offensive coordinator, a quarterback coach, uh, Jordan Addison stepped up as a go-to guy. Uh, you know, Kenny, but no, let me, let, let me
2: ask he's you this nice question. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've said, Especially coming into this year, I said that as an organization, you can't look at Jalen Hurts what he's done before this season and, and think he's the long term answer. He's going to get us to the promised land, in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This year, he's made improvement, and, and you've seen an organization kind of play more to his strengths, and, and he's played better. He's still he's not one of the top ten, and I would you know maybe he's sitting in that ten to fifteen range in terms of how he's played just based on this year, but it. It's tough because you look at this class, and we've just talked about, you know, Kenny Pitt, Pickett, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter. Are you looking at any of these guys and saying, all right, in the next couple of years, do we think that this, these quarterbacks are going to be better than what we have in Jalen Hurts? And if the answer is maybe not, you don't feel great about it, you know, maybe you just use those three picks to get better on the defensive side especially. I mean, I can mm-hmm. see a scenario if they don't go quarterback, you get into Kobe Dean, the best off-the-ball linebacker right. in this right. year's class from Georgia with that with that first pick. What do we say, like 12, 13, 17, that range? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe you go with, um, with George Karla- Karlaftis, the, uh, the defensive end from, from Purdue who can kind of mm-hmm. rush outside and inside, and then maybe a sauce gardener. You wind up getting one of the top three corners in this year's class coming out of Cincinnati. So, you know, there's it's, it comes down to the organization evaluating two things. What they believe Hertz is and can be, versus what they believe these these potential rookie quarterbacks from the 2022 class are going to wind up being. And that that's a tough decision right now because again, I'm not a huge Hertz fans fan, and I think they can upgrade that position, but I don't know they can upgrade that position in the 2022 quarterback class.
1: Yeah, I think I think personally, Todd, it's a win-win for this reason. If Hertz is the guy, and right now we don't know. Uh, It's still early in his development. He has made some progress. There's still things that concern you. But if he is, great. But if you have that fallback plan and where they're picking, it's not going to cost you much, right? That's not going to cost you much. And you're picking 12, 13, 7 right now, and that will change. But if you get, say, Kenny Pickett, let's say Kenny Pickett, out, he becomes a Philadelphia Eagle. Then you have a guy who's going to be 24 years of age, I believe, right? So he's a veteran. He's experienced. He's mature. 50 career starts. Mark Whipple, all the coaching. He's ready to roll, right? By year two, you're going to see what Kenny Pickett is. Hurts, by then, will know what he is. And maybe he mm-hmm. is a rookie. So if one of those guys well, – well, one of those two being big time. I mean, that's the thing. I, you know, How good can Hurts be? Can he be elite? Can Pickett be elite? Do we think Derek Carr is elite? I think he's a really good quarterback. Is he elite of the elite? No, but he's a really good quarterback I think the Raiders are very happy with and anybody would be happy with. So if he gets the a Derek Carr level – then Kenny Pickett's better than Jalen Hurts. So I just think in this league, you keep swinging for the fences as a quarterback. And if you're in a position where you can afford it, number one, and you have three first-round picks, two other picks to, uh, to address other need areas, like you mentioned, Todd, yet get the quarterback, which was the straw that stirs the drink in the NFL, the most important position by far, then you go ahead and you get one of those guys. And if it's not Pickett, if it's, if it's Corral, if it's Ritter, if it's Willis, whoever it is, take one of those quarterbacks and see if Hurts or that quarterback – in a couple of years is a really good, not necessarily franchise, but a really good quarterback you can maybe win a Super Bowl with.
0: Hair. It has a way of growing back faster than we want it to. And somehow it can feel like we need more haircuts than we actually have time for. Luckily, Supercuts is here to make grabbing a haircut easy. Supercuts is here for you if you're someone who needs a haircut, but doesn't think they have time for a haircut. No more scouring the web for salons with availability. You can use the Supercuts app to find the location nearest to you and check in or just walk in. Another bonus, the salon shows estimated wait times so you know exactly what you're in for. As for the cut itself, it's always super solid thanks to Supercuts' highly trained stylists. Get in, get out, and get to that thing you need a haircut for. Whether you've got a first date or vacation coming up or you just want to look good, Supercuts makes getting a haircut effortless. It's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. Check in now on the Supercuts app or on supercuts.com. So we talked about the Eagles and how they could potentially shape the first round of the NFL draft, even if they don't go with a quarterback or if they do go with a quarterback. One team that we don't think is going to draft a quarterback this year is the Jets, Todd, and that's because they drafted Zach Wilson this past year. They have their own first round pick that'll probably be inside the top 10 they also own the Seahawks first round pick as the second pick involved in the Jamal Adams trade, a trade that looks better by the day for the Jets. So potentially two top 10 picks for New York. What makes most sense for GM Joe Douglas, of course, your former teammate at University of Richmond, to attack this upcoming draft? Because it actually feels to me like where the Jets are plus what they need might align well with what's going to be available in this year's class.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, when you look at the Jets, I think cornerback, edge, offensive tackle and linebacker are probably the four biggest areas of need. Then you can get into tight end and wide receiver as well. So if you're talking about two picks in the top 10, you're missing out on the top two guys. There's no, you know, if, if the Jets are picking at seven, somewhere in that range, if you're not picking in the top five, I don't think you can realistically go into this draft thinking we're getting Aiden Hutchinson, who Mel and I both agree could be the first overall pick. And then Kayvon Thibodeau uh, from Oregon could be the number two pick or certainly somewhere in that 3-4 range. So those guys are off the board. Then what do you have left if you're, you're talking about you know the players there? The cornerback, Derek Stingley. I think he's one of the three most talented players in this year's class, but he didn't play a whole lot the last two years. You know He had the six interceptions back as a freshman, in 2019 but he just he hasn't been able to do a lot because of durability issues so mm. he could drop a little bit into the range where the the Jets are picking and if it's if it's not Stingley I think there's a little bit more of a drop off of the corners somewhere in that 10 20 range when you get into the second third best corner in this class so again Stingley's a, a possibility for the Jets uh, I mentioned uh, the linebacker position is, is a position of need. I think that if you're looking at a linebacker, it's got to be Nicobe Dean, the, uh, the Georgia linebacker who's been sensational. He's a sideline-to-sideline side player with great range. He plays – You know, everyone talks about Jordan Davis and the big guys up front. He has been the most consistent playmaker on that team. He's the most improved pass rusher that I've seen all year long in terms of his instincts, his speed, and, and just his ability to slip blocks and get to the quarterback and then we saw with the he had two interceptions this year one of them was a pick six which was an awesome play against Florida his ability to cover out in the perimeter and then go make a play on the football he covered has great range and covered well all year so he is a complete player and he's exactly what you're looking for in the NFL so with the Jets a cornerback linebacker and in a perfect world maybe you're able to solidify one of those offensive line spots with Evan Neal if he's still available but those are all guys that belong in the top 10. It's just a matter of which guy talking about Stingley, Neil at offensive tackle and Nicobe uh, Dean at, at linebacker, which guys will still be available when you wind up picking probably in that five to 10 range for the jets.
0: Yeah. The jets obviously have gotten some production from Zach Wilson, but one of the themes for them, unfortunately this year is not having their recent top investments available. Zach Wilson missed some time due to a knee injury. Mekhi beckton has been out for an extended period of time, and at the moment that we are recording this, this podcast, they don't really have an update on Mekhi Beckton's timetable off of that knee injury. They would surely love to have him down the stretch for some snaps to protect the blind side of Zach Wilson. Mel, what's the deepest position in this year's draft, in your opinion?
1: You know, I look at the position I would never take a player in the first round as running back, and I was looking through yeah. this, Todd, and Field. there's a lot of running backs, I think, in that – Second to fifth round range are going to be attractive. I mean, you can run down names, a couple underrated guys that don't get enough national recognition. Rashad White at Arizona State. He can catch the ball down the field like a receiver. Uh, he's got a burst to the hole. The daylight, like him, Pierre Strong Jr., South Dakota State. You will see against Villanova. That's a two o'clock game, one double-A playoff game uh, on Saturday for South Dakota State. There. So you got him, you got uh, James Cook, who they can move around because of the way he catches the ball at Georgia. Uh, I think about, Todd already mentioned, Jerome Ford at Cincinnati. Uh, Devontae Price at Florida International, who everybody talks about, because Florida International had a horrible year. Kenneth Walker III. There's a lot of guys at running back, Todd, in this draft that, like I said, you can get uh, at bargain points, and it happens every year, but I, I went through, all I listed 15 guys, so I think, I have a chance to play at a decent level. And guess what? There's a lot of H-back move tight ends, too. Those fullbacks, H-back move tight ends, and this draft kid named tanner connor at idaho state Uh, abram smith at baylor can uh, do a variety of things a former linebacker jeremiah hall at oklahoma uh so uh, you know a year where we do have a few of those as well
0: and todd do, do you feel like that's the same or is there another is there any other position that that stands out to you as a deep one this year maybe relative to prior years i know you know it seems like there is not as much star power but better depth yep. this year at tight end compared to previous years. Uh, and not that there's going to be a guy who is nearly a Kyle Pitts level player, yep. but there might be some guys that maybe rounds two to four, you can find some potential, maybe not dominant players, but at least some good, useful pass catchers.
2: Yeah, Phil, I, I, I put down, you know, we did this draft primer for ESPN.com. It's coming out tomorrow. And i, I put down edge, wide receiver, cornerback and tight end is the four deepest classes so to your point tight end I think this is a really good group Trey McBride is the most oh, underrated yeah, player man. probably in the draft I mean he he had two 69 yard rushes this season you put on every tape I mean they they lost in their last game but he he had another monster game over 100 receiving yards he's big he can play in line you can flex him out he doesn't have elite speed but he's got good speed and he's great at contested catches. And he can create some yards after the catch. Um, after that, I, you know, there's a bunch of guys. You got Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M, who might yeah. be the most athletic of all of these tight ends. I've got him late. At, I think at number 32 in my top 32. Cade Otto from Washington. I've got a second round grade, and then five other players right now that I have in the third round uh, in, in the third round range. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, Jaleel Billingsley from from Alabama, who's been up and down, but he's athletically gifted. Charlie Kolar from from Iowa State just been sure. he's been Mr. Consistency for for Iowa State. He led the team in catches again this year. Cole Turner from Nevada and uh, Derek Deese Jr. from San Jose State. Remember, his dad senior uh, was the offensive lineman for the 49ers for so long, uh, but Junior is he's he's a really good player. He's not you know doesn't have elite speed and can bulk up a little bit, but he can get open. He knows zone coverages and, and he's a really good pass catcher. So that's eight guys that I have grades in the first to third round range. And you've compared the last five years, uh, the, what we've seen come off the board on average is six in the first three rounds. So this is a, a deep group.
0: Really should be a fun draft process to watch in so many different ways. And the first draft podcast is going to be there throughout the duration of it. We can't wait to be back on our weekly schedule. Hopefully we're back on that weekly schedule sometime soon. And while there may not necessarily be a Trevor Lawrence, there are certainly some difference-making players in this year's draft class. We cannot wait to get all of Mel and Todd's thoughts on the quarterbacks, the pass rushers, the offensive tackles, the wide receivers, the game changers. Everything that you'll need to know about the NFL draft will be available through the First Draft podcast. And a reminder that if you're already getting the itch for even more content, the full 2022 draft primer with these two men is available now on ESPN.com. And we know Todd loves his mock drafts. And the first one comes out. Next week, mock Finally. one point. Oh, it's about time. I've been waiting, time. man. Jeez, I've been waiting. Trying wait. to be
1: patient, Todd, but jeez. Normally I'm pushing still, We're going to get the Christmas back, right? and he's got nothing going? Come
0: on. Yeah, and I'm we, we can't go, wait. Man. I'm ready to go. We'll have about 19 mock drafts between now and the start of the actual NFL draft. And our full-time schedule begins on January 11th. You'll hear from us at least once hey, a Kuiper, week. Hey, Kuyper,
2: pick up your phone, man. Yeah, who's it's calling? Been ringing the whole time. It's been <laughs> GM's
0: calling the entire time. What can I say? to be Mel. Uh, we look forward to being back on our normal schedule and talking about the NFL draft every single week. In the meantime, go find all of Mel and Todd's great work on ESPN.com. For Mel and Todd Field, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Getting a haircut into a fully packed schedule is hard, but Supercuts makes it easy. Just check in on the Supercuts app or walk in for a quality cut. The highly trained stylist at Supercuts can always give you that fresh cut feeling fast. It's not just any haircut, it's Supercuts. Check in now on the Supercuts app or on Supercuts.com.